Welcome to the Boy Park Art Podcast with Una McAteer and Sarah Linus. Boy Park Art is our virtual place named after the vanished public art sculpture park situated beside the Belfast School of Art where we used to meet and chat. We invite you to our new park to share in conversations about art and artists in Northern Ireland and beyond. Hello and welcome to episode number 17 of the Boy Park Art Podcast and today we've got another lovely guest, Rona Lawson. Good evening. Hello Brona. I'll just chip in here, start by saying I first became aware of Brona whenever I started in Lisburn Tech or um, Southeastern Regional College. I started doing the Art and Design B-Tech and discovered this person was sending out an email to do with all things arty in Belfast. So I subscribed and started to follow her and then started in the college in Belfast and actually stalked her around Platform Arts and an exhibition one day. I um, never knew <laughs> And I approached her because I've worked out who she was. And just, hello, my name's Sarah. Um, you're Bro Lawson, aren't you? I've been getting your emails. And then she looked at me and uh, lo and behold, a couple of years later, I'd be quite happy walking up to her if there's an exhibition on and saying hello, having met quite a few other occasions through other different things. And Bruna, I, I suppose coming to you through, I keep wanting to say creative exchange. What's the name of the... Of what I was doing? Yeah. It was called Creative Change. Um, the name came about because um, years ago, it seems like in a previous life, when I first started working on cross-community, cross-border development programs, that's what I called myself, Creative Change, NI. And then I spent 13 odd years actually doing that and then eventually went back into the art practice. And when I looked at what I should call what I was doing, I think it was Nobert, I think it was my husband who says, you know, the thing that always that, that you were and what really suited everything that you did was that name creative change creative change ni it's like what happens when you start looking into something start doing something so the the idea behind the name was that that art changes things but you needed to know what was going on in order to know how to follow it and because there wasn't any central information point on all of this information all the stuff that was going on and technology had changed so much I kind of thought oh actually it's a basic audience development thing which I've had the discussion with a number of people of do you think people need to know when's art is on and where it is in order for them to be part of an audience I, I have almost no words but obviously which it seems very obvious right yeah, but you'd, yeah. you'd be amazed the amount of organizations or people who kind of were getting paid for that kind of went uh and what i'd figured out i had always i have always believed very strongly in the power of volunteering mm -hmm. and the most interest because northern ireland is set up there's a lot of structural trauma in the opportunities that people get and people don't want to let go of their opportunities, but then they also don't want to let new ideas in because it threatens their position, blah, 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 blah. I find that the most interesting things that you would get to do was when you're on boards or volunteering, you know, volunteering on a board or doing something because there's, 
there's not because of the structural trauma that exists in in Northern Ireland in particular. So I was um, the chair of the women's tech in North Belfast and did a lot of work with them. There was a lot of transformation stuff that we did with them. And then when I got back into uh, the arts, I went into the Belfast Print Workshop. That's how I got back into it. I started in a night class and, and then ended up as the chair. And somebody said, oh, they must have been very desperate. Oh, that's an awful thing to say. But I would say, that, well, that's part of the patriarchy that exists in a lot of instances. I kind of went in there and I was going, oh, I'm not going to get on another board. I'm not going to get on another board. But I knew that with the experience I'd had outside of the art sector, that there were various things going on that really they need, you know, they needed help with mm -hmm. and you know they were setting up a gallery and doing stuff and you know as somebody who spent 13 years in the enterprise sector i was a qualified business advisor i'd helped hundreds of people set up in business i you know i just knew it was a mess and there's no way it was going to work so I kind of just had to get involved. So I ended up as the chair. And then after three years of kind of doing a lot of work, doing my own practice there and, and, and doing a lot of work voluntarily, I decided that, you know, boards are boards. You know, there's a point whereby you're going around in circles and you have to decide, is there any further, you know, is there anything further that I can do here? Yeah. Or, and I decided that I would spend the same amount of time and energy that I was spending in Belfast Print Workshop, but I would do it on this hub, on this creative hub. Mm -hmm. So people would say, and I, you know, people would say, oh, I don't know why you're doing that. Or people would say, well, why are you doing that? Why are you bothering? Which is what all, you know, all volunteer work is about or all new ideas or specific things, all the interesting things. Why are you bothering? Well, you bother because you care. Yeah. And actually you can see that the skills that you have and what you're doing can have an effect in a positive way. And God only knows that's what we need in Northern Ireland. So you can sit on the sidelines and think, ooh. Or you can get off your arse and do something. Well, that's, sorry, that's, that's, answer your question. That's, yeah, that, that, that more than answers. I think it answers a couple of questions. And it's sort of, it's making me think on a couple of other things. One of them is us doing the podcast. Part of it is, at the end of the day, it's just us. And I would have moments of thinking, okay, what's the point? Who's listening to us? But then you get feedback saying, oh, we really enjoyed that or enjoyed hearing yeah. so-and-so talk. So it does make a difference. And when it comes to the volunteering, I I have volunteered the heck out of various places. And it's through doing all those wee bits and pieces whenever I was still at the start of the BA that has introduced me to so many different people that have helped me to be the more confident, happier person that I am today. No, totally. There are so few there are so few opportunities in Northern Ireland anyway. In so many different spheres never mind art there's so many good people there's so there's so much talent there's so much passion for it yet when i kind of went into it when i i suddenly realized that all this exists and i'm i'm a person you know i've done a lot of traveling i anywhere i would go i would you know go to galleries i would visit i would visit the art galleries, the stuff or whatever, you know, wherever I am in the world. And yet here in my home city, I can't friggin' say what day something's on and when it, where it is. And because of that, 
people don't know and then everybody goes oh nobody knows that and you go oh well you know if you're in the know and you're just like oh my god you go around circles yeah so that's kind of was my idea behind it well it, it helped me but I have to say that on the back of that, it was only a couple of years ago that I found out that you were an artist as well, because I just associated you with all these other bits and pieces and didn't know that you were a printmaker amongst other things. That was a bit of yeah, a revelation. I think, I think the beauty of doing that site and doing that was, is that I now when I look at it, I see that it was part of my practice because it really started to work you know people the media started to use it as a resource on things i would particularly go after people and say can you put that information on the site or highlight certain people do whatever the next thing you know they were on radio ulster being interviewed because the researchers were using it yeah too and then people were going how did she get the interviews or whatever and you're kind of going i just spent time to go after that person because i thought what they were doing is interesting there was a point where you had to be very gracious in that because obviously I was doing it for nothing and I also, I was actually paying the site, but yeah, I, you know, in order to do it, in order to whatever, but yet there's organisations with multi-million pound budgets who were just kind of going, oh, I'm, just just gonna take that that. I'm just going to take that wee bit. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to go and visit any art or go and see what's going on or do whatever, but I'm just going to take that wee bit and then I'm going to like, yeah. so you have to be very kind of gracious with that because it was benefiting, you know, various artists. It was quite interesting to see just how far you could go with it. I loved the non-commercial aspect of it as well because there's points where you could kind of go yeah i could see how you could i'm a i'm a trained business advisor yeah you can see how you could make that into a business or into whatever you kind of go on do you want to do that isn't it just beautiful you know isn't it just like really beautiful just to like you know see what happens so I think that annoyed a bit the media a wee bit because at the time it's really the whole media environment's totally changing. The technology was totally going mad. And why? I mean, Paul Moore was taking photographs for me and L Text Films was filming and then Larry Cowan of Lamb Films, he was out filming. People were just doing it because it was fun. And it was interesting. People were just volunteering doing that because it was really good. It was really good fun. It was really interesting to see what was going on. And it's just really nice to be involved in things and working with people. Yeah, it was fun, but it kind of annoyed a few people as well. But that's okay. Well, I find it particularly helpful. But talking about the exhibitions, this is something that I was mentioning to Una during the week. That with so many exhibitions being online and we can't get round everywhere, you would be the person that you know, if you think of somebody who goes to everything to see what's going on, you're the woman. You're there having a nosy and telling other people about other things. I follow you and remember to like things on Instagram from time to time and Facebook. But you've been posting up lots of lovely photographs of things from years ago recently. And I yeah. think people have really appreciated that. Yeah, that was weird. I'm um I'm doing as my own practice of things, you know, I'm going through 12 years of photographs because I'm insane related to all the church stuff that I do. About the book. So it's Belfast City of Light, Looking and Listening to Belfast, Come With Me by Bruna Lawson. Bruna, are you still in the throes of visiting every religious building? that has services in Belfast? Ah, it's not just buildings anymore. As I saw a sign 
outside of one um, at the weekend. The church isn't closed. We're just not in the building. Okay. Because Does that mean the church was open and you could batter on in? No, it means that kind of church worlds, the church is, is the people, it's not the building. Well, to me, that makes absolute sense. Doesn't it? Yeah. The church is the people and not the building. So, so am I still doing things? Yes, I have. Well, originally with lockdown when they stopped services, I started to go online. Mm -hmm. and so i've been yeah i've been doing it kind of ever since i've been going online right the way through been looking at all the different forms youtube there's live streams there's night prayers coming up on facebook there's a whole plethora of interesting things that are going on so i have been continuing on doing that and about i think it was about early september when churches were coming back in there was a point where i went right i'll go back out there to see Mm -hmm. And I can tell you that going to a Latin Mass with COVID restrictions is very different than going to a Church of Ireland Requiem to going to a service in the Irish language, an Irish language service in the Catholic Church, etc, etc, etc. So, yeah, so I've been continuing on doing that. Picking up from the book, not so much thinking about the, the churches and the, the visits. You pick up on a lot of different things that you maybe wouldn't have thought would have come out of that 10 years trekking around various services and uh, some trauma would be, you would discuss that. Um, perception feminism and something that I would associate with you just from the various connections and events that, that I've been involved with you in would yeah. be equality and absolute stance against prejudice. Is there a question there? I'm not sure. No, I've just said these are the, the various things the themes that, that I lifted Yeah, that I lifted out of the book that I really didn't expect. Mind you, I don't know what I was expecting anyway. <laughs> But whenever I read it, it wasn't what I thought I might have been expecting. Yeah. But, but it was interesting to sort of to sit back and think about those various areas, not just within the church services, but just in general. So you're not your bio or your track record, but you come from Northern Ireland. You went to art college in England. Mm -hmm. Then you went to America. Yeah. And then you came back home again. Yeah. And that's when you started the cross-community development and business side of things? Yeah, not not immediately. Yeah, I went to, I, I'm one of the, um, it's not a very popular thing to say, but I'm one of Thatcher's children in that I, yes, I went to art college, I went to Bristol and then Winchester School of Art in the 80s right at the height of the troubles really and was in London for a while after that and then yeah went to New York to Parsons School of Design which is now the new school in New York. Is that where you met Salem? No, 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 no. That's years and years and years later. I suppose I was always one of those people who always wanted to get away from Northern Ireland, who who just like needed to leave. And then eventually, I suppose I would have been in my late twenties then. Maybe I might try and live in Northern Ireland. Actually, I, I did costume design in Spain as well. But I, I would keep going. I would go away, and I would I would go away, and then do these amazing things, and I'd come back, and I'd like still be living in my mum's spare room. You know, you're kind of going. How do you how do you activate your life a little bit further on? There is this thing about being in your own dwelling and being a grown up. So it's like well, it's like you know, so many people. It's not easy to be to adult. Uh -huh. the adult thing. It's not easy. 
it's not easy if you are a creative person, but maybe your your family circumstances are not going to give you a hand up yeah. anywhere. So yeah. how do you how do you start with loads of creativity but nothing and but no money or how do you make that? How do you start to try and how do you become an adult? Ben and I have talked about starting out as an artist where uh, we're both mature students, no real artistic background in the family. And there we can see ways that some of the younger students who have got artist parents yeah. have got that almost slight advantage in being comfortable with being an artist. Yeah. Whereas it, it's taken us a wee bit longer to... Well, I think it's, it, it's hard. I mean, I have to say I do come from a family of artists. I have three sisters who are all artists in some shape or form. So I wasn't the, not the, in fact, we all, one rebelled and said, I'm not going to art college and then ended up doing landscape architecture in the end. There was never that feeling that you were the odd one out. It's like everybody else in the world was odd and mm -hmm. you were normal. Oh, and I have nieces and nephews and every, everything else who are all in the same kind of boat. But it's still hard because there are certainly people who have... Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, it's so interesting to hear you saying that that's still hard, even though it means I probably romanticise that idea that you could be brought up knowing that being an artist is okay. But you're saying you were brought up like that and it was still hard to make that transition. Yeah. No, it's, it's still hard because you are it's you know being an artist is a luxury yeah being an art nobody just because you're creative and wonderful at what you're doing and are interesting do whatever in reality it is a luxury and it's a luxury that a lot of people cannot do because of their circumstances or because of what is going on or because of society or whatever it is so I know that I am very privileged to be able to spend time doing this. I, I know it's a privilege. That was the word that I was about to say. So my dad was an architect and I was born in Northern Ireland. He's from Northern Ireland. The reason why we came back here was because they'd won the competition to design and build the Ulster Museum. Yeah. Now that building is like a kind of global art icon for brutalism stuff and there's lots of reasons why lots of do whatever and my parents separated and he went off and traveled the world and made buildings all around the world we stayed at home so there are certainly people in northern ireland who have had a very different experience yeah of that and and or who for generations have been seen as an artistic family. I was once on an interview panel for a job interviewing somebody within the arts and there's three people on the panel, there was various different people, there's somebody who came in, they were asked about something and one of the things that they said was, in answer to a question was that, oh yes, they had a, a relative that worked at the Ulster Museum and so they were all like in with that, right? Okay. She was, you know, given marks just the same as anybody else. When we, you know, so there's that expectation of say, oh, I'm in the know or something, you know, or I, yeah. you know, my mum does this or my dad does this or all that kind of shit. And at the panel, then we were doing stuff or whatever, and there's things I'm going, well, I says, my dad designed the Austrian Museum. It doesn't mean to say that, you know, why should I, you know, why should I get an opportunity because of that yeah. attitude? 
Yeah, is that nepotism? Yes, it's that nepotism. It's that kind of attitude that I find kind of annoys me. Okay, so just following on there from what you had said about nepotism, and I was thinking that's another plus point for Zara and myself that at least our reputation or the reputation of our parents or family members being artists doesn't precede us. So it's bound to work that way too, where someone goes, well, you're from a family of artists, you've got to be a really great artist. You can get caught up with, oh, look at that, or look at this, or that's because I'm not this or this or that, whatever. But you just have to get on with it and do things and participate and try things out. Fail and some things are successful and some things aren't and learn things and follow your gut. Get over yourself. Get over yourself. I think you've just answered my my question for you now was going to be about what advice would you give to early career artists? But you've probably answered that, you know, just get over yourself and try it out and don't worry if you fail. Is that what you're saying? Is there anything else you would suggest? I'd say just don't get hung up on. It's really, I had forgotten what it was like in my art college years and the years after that where I was practicing or, or doing things and like I was so immersed in you know creativity and my thing and it had to be my way and all these gorgeous things that I love to make and blah 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 it was really really hard to give that up because I was really good at it and people really loved what it was and I loved that aspect of I mean you know it was I'd won awards and stuff and that whatever. But there's a point where I kinda went, I want to use this creativity for something else rather than making these beautiful things or getting everybody to think how wonderful I am. So there was a I'd forgotten once I'd kind of come out of doing all the cross community stuff and all the things, I'd forgotten what it was like to actually, you know, put something up on a wall or wherever it happened to be to go to feel like, oh my God, it's my soul. I have just nailed my soul to the wall and people are coming around and poking it. It was like so hard to do it. Just had like a real physical reaction to doing it because it was like, I, I felt like I was stripped bare. And that's not dissimilar to what Jane was saying about the yeah. vulnerability of leaving a piece of you. Yeah. And, and knowing, knowing that you can't, we're saying, well, I was trying to explain to somebody well, what it was it feels like. And it's like, well, it feels like you've just stripped naked, taken your heart out and just like put it around the place for people to like have a poke at. And sometimes they come in and go, oh, I like your frame. <laughs> I'm going to jump in because I want to just mention about the encouragement that you give to other people to get their work out there. And I'm thinking about the, the work that you do with all the different groups and Larry in particular. Larry just warms the cockles of my heart arranging my porcelain bricks in St. Martin's. But you exhibited yes. your group's work along with that of other artists back in 2007. I don't know when it was. 2018 and that was a real eye-opener for me because I think even though with my background of being involved in gateway clubs I still there was an obstacle there for me about who, could, you, who couldn't be an artist uh, yeah how do you and who's allowed to be an artist and how do you integrate it and how do you respect people's creativity and blah 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 Absolutely. Well, yeah, that kind of came about um, me and Nari Jackson and Claire Lawson, who are also my sisters, had been working with adults with learning difficulties. And what we'd figured out was what we'd wanted to do was very much, as somebody said, you're giving them a gift. You're giving them the gift of creativity. 
and to help them develop their own practice as opposed to going, we're all going to make Santa Clauses today or let's do something with glitter and macaroni cheese. I don't know, whatever it happens to be. I'm not saying that that isn't important, but to try, it was about, a Nari would be very, um, thing about making their own mark, about saying this is, you know, what's your visual language, getting them to do a visual language. And some of them already kind of had some, but some of them we had to go right the way back from the beginning on that. So you're having this like crazy mix up of all these people with multiple different challenges and what they were doing and it was really magical to see them really take it on board to, to 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 make their own marks and do things so larry is one example so when we were doing that was um can't remember it was still bunker two or three or something i don't know we had i've got this thing about churches as you can find out but i I specifically am interested in like how contemporary art can be underpinned with art therapy and used as a transformation process, which is what I was doing when you were linked in, when I linked you into it. So yeah, what we had done in the church, in that particular church before down the bottom of Newton Arge Road, first year we actually had started outside it. We did a performance outside of it. I didn't know, realize there was, there was nobody in the church, but went in to ask, could we do something there? And they said, oh, there's a whole church here. Why don't you, there's nobody using this. Why don't you use that? McKenna went, okay. Um, so where we were with that was that the idea was to bring, to kind of curate a number of different artists together to to have like a, an experience inside the church with art that would change. And we, we still can't quite figure out how it works on the art therapy terms. Sue Ellen, who I work with, still trying to figure that out. But what we figured out was that people were coming into the space, artists were coming into the space, and people were coming in and it was having a healing effect. Something magical was happening with it. <laughs> and you, you, you were part of that. Having the artists with learning difficulties, creating them inside along with other artists, other practicing artists, was a really natural, magical thing kind of that happened. And we call it, Sue Ellen and I call it what's arising, curating by what's arising. You know that idea, you kind of go, oh, I thought I sorted it out. And then you go, oh, hold on, why don't we do this? She, she's a Buddhist, so she sees very things. She always likes to leave space for things. And we had, our process was that I would be, I would select the artists through all of the exhibitions and different things that I go through throughout the year. So I would select people who I think that would work for that particular year. And Sue Ellen somebody would bring things over from Chicago as well. And then we would leave a bit of space for what's arising. And all those guys, I think, can't remember how many we had. We had like 35 or something, 40. Those guys, we were seeing four different groups in different parts of Belfast. And they had really got to the stage where they were, we knew them all really well. Their work was really interesting. And we just decided, right. But we had no, we had nowhere to show their work. We couldn't get the show. We wanted them to feel that feeling of being involved in a like a happening that excitement that you get when you're kind of like working in a kind of art thing and so we we kind of swept them up into it and interestingly we what we did was they i can't remember where you came in on it but they actually helped curate it 
and kind of set it out and they were involved in that process which um which was very interesting you know getting them to think about should we put it up here or shall it go over there or what should we do no get down we do you're not going up that ladder <laughs> we'll do that you know so it was really fun for them well uh, larry actually unpacked my work and set it up yeah that's yeah larry and because it was porcelain you know part of me was thinking oh but he just cracked on and he had a plan yeah he used, he used to work in the building site larry used to work in the building site and you know, they're all really really interested and they're you know really interested in other people's work and they were just you know and you were brilliant with them actually i remember yeah we had them all down you gave them a talk you were brilliant with them. framework yeah i just happened to bounce in and you thought that was a yeah, but when we when we were in the church oh, that's right as well no when we were in the church oh that's right uh, yeah because well, because just the way that it worked, some of them could come to the opening evening and some of them couldn't. So we we had talks the week following week to make sure that everybody could get to see their own work. Yeah, no, it was really really magical. On the back of that and that experience, gave me the confidence whenever Moran gave me a shout over the summer to do the Tangible Selves online workshop project with the Black Box with a group of people, artists, different abilities and whatnot. So I really had no idea what I was getting or who I was getting involved with but Sarah who I remembered from your group was yes. part of this black box group yes and I think if I hadn't have had that experience with you a couple of years ago I probably wouldn't have had the confidence especially as yeah. my first that, online that, workshop that's really interesting but it just shows you the how you kind of there's a thing of going oh, I'm not too sure about this but then you get familiarity with it we started working with them claire and now my two sisters will have an awful lot of experience with adults with all sorts of disabilities and all sorts of things and i would have had some but not as much as them so it was a combination of our i was very keen that it would be in there we would fit this into contemporary practice of stuff so it was a combination of their knowledge and mine when we were doing the things to really kind of engage people and then once you got in the zone with it they loved it they loved it i mean but that just shows you about career development or look at different things it's like well how do you get an opportunity to do something you kind of go along and see and you know figure it out and then kind of you get used to it and you kind of go oh well, i can do this this is interesting. That's just what Robert Martin was saying. Because we had a chat with Robert a couple of weeks ago. And he was saying not enough artists go around and get to know people and go to exhibitions and just you know, generally circulate. Yeah, and you need to. I have to say, I think sometimes people think I'm out all the time, but I'm not. I would go to, I know late night art's not on at the moment, but I would go to late night art. If I'm in the country religiously, I will not get stopped in one gallery and drink a bottle of wine. I don't, I don't really drink, you know, go round things. And it's just, and that is how I have, and then I realised, oh, I've been doing this for like, I, I don't know now, I don't know, 15 years. A wine? I think, well, oh, no, I... I actually, I can see all these progressions and I can see all this stuff and, you know, where somebody broke off and did this and, you know, that kind of thing. I think, and I think, oh, hold on, I've got the archive now. <laughs> but it's like like what you were saying, I put some photographs up recently. It's because I, I, I'm, I'm working on stuff at the moment and I'm going through all these photographs and then I come up with these photographs of some of the things I would have used from my blog and things. I just started looking at them thinking, oh wow, that was an amazing exhibition or this was nice or that was interesting. And you think, 
actually, I've got the archive. I've got the archive of Belfast art scene. Yes, I don't have everything, but and everybody's smiling. Everybody's happy. You know, everybody's happy. And I know I do the, eventually stopped doing the, the web hub thing, but I kept doing the blog. And my the recent development of that is I now do it for Belfast Media Group. I noticed. That's, that's, that's a recent development. So it goes oh, out like Monday or Tuesday online and then on the Thursday in the Andersonstown News. That is sort of what you're doing now is you're balancing your skills of connecting alongside looking at your archive and your own practice. I'd say I'm always, my brain doesn't stop. I'm always, like sometimes people say, oh, when do artists retire? You kind of go, when do they get a holiday? When do they get a holiday? When do they retire? Does that exist? You don't, you don't even think in those terms. You just think you just keep going on and then eventually you drop. So, and sometimes then people say, well, What's this wee project stuff? Whatever. It says, this isn't a project. This is my life. This is my life. Nope, I'm not filling in any forms and going, please, will you give me money to do this? Because, you know, when I'm going to do this for six months and I'm going to get 55 people to do this and 21 to do that, and this is my life. So it's, it's, yeah, I can't remember where I was going with that. But so what I'm doing now, so what I'm doing now is I have been working on my brain um, can only, it took, I, I really had to force myself not to do any, to try and limit the visual kind of work when I was trying to complete the book because the ideas kind of come at me and I had to kind of go, no, I'm not going down that way. I have to finish this or I'm going to go insane. So I had to really force myself to, to do that. That's a whole other process all together and then once it was finally I got it to a point and it was finally out it's only then I could start to look at the images and stuff and image making whatever I'd done because somebody says well why don't you put images in the book and I'm like no I can't do that I can't I can't wrangle that at the same time I just spent 10 years visiting every church in Belfast that was a lot to wrangle and now you want me to do the photographs at the same time. I can't do it. What I am doing is that's what I'm that's what I'm looking at and going through is actually going through all of that. And my process of how I can try and keep my brain, try and limit something as opposed to making everything enormous is to, um, I'm, I'm focusing down to, to do like a picture book. And, but as I'm doing that, I realize, uh, I think there might be more than one, <laughs> but I'm trying to start with one. Okay. Start with one picture book of images and some writing. And, and then I, I'm doing some, I'm going to in the new year, well, I had got some support from the, the emergency artist fund. Sounds like, please find me an emergency artist. What I was going to do was then have a kind of action or something from that. That's changed slightly because what I was going to do, you probably can't do it because of what's going on with where COVID's at at the moment. So it'll that'll kind of change, but that's part of it. But the idea is to try and minimise, because it's so big, into a book. And that's what I've been trying to do. That's what I've been trying to do, but it's not easy because it's it's kind of endless. And I suppose part of my, you're saying about practice, I'm a big sketchbook person. I have 
I have loads of sketchbooks and loads of documentation for saying that. That's all, that's, I have boxes of this, of using stuff around my church visits and everything. So because this goes, at, at, it kind of comes all the time. I just, it just comes. I just let it come. And eventually then it goes somewhere. Or I figure out and go, all oh, right, that relates to that. But sometimes it's not, it's not for a few years. Just no idea, and then it's like, well, that's what that was about. Because it was that thing of like, it stuck for a while, thinking of what on earth am I doing, and what is this, what is this about? You saying about printmaking? My thing there was I one step on my process. I tend to get obsessed by certain ways of doing things. You know, learnt printmaking, did a piece. There was an ex, there was a thing that um, Belfast Print Workshop did with Cork Print Workshop, and it was about contemporary Irish identity, contemporary Irish identity, and I did a piece. I did a print about a caught chill factor about that thing of like going somewhere and you think oh I don't belong here or there's symbols here that make me a bit nervous or you know which I really you know saw a lot of and all the cross community cross border work that I was doing you know in the years that I was doing it so I was kind of like was there a visual way of kind of expressing that and I did this print called Chill Factor and it was in the exhibition in um, the print workshop and then it was in Cork it was in the Cork print workshop thing and I remember feeling looking at it in the print work exhibition and feeling like that feeling of somebody has pulled out the inside of my brain and nailed it to the wall and I'm kind of like gasping at the thought of it and like people were coming in and looking going yeah look at it and then Somebody came up to it and went, oh, that's about Northern Ireland, I'm not looking at it. And I just thought, wow, that's really interesting. And it's that thing of we are so used to certain symbols and things or whatever. We're just so bored of all the usual imagery that people will not even look at something that might be of interest. So it was in... The same piece was in the exhibition in Dublin or in court and there was a review in the Sunday Times or whatever about it and about the exhibition. It was like Irish identity and it was interesting to see what people had come up with whatever. Anyway, the person said, it's a real pity that some of the artists in Northern Ireland are harping on about the same thing. And I just thought, you haven't been here recently, have you? That's all a little bit smug. Um, and, you know, so it's that challenge of, so I, I was really interested in that challenge of, oh, how do we, people won't even look at, how do you, what do you do? So what, what, what's supposed to happen up here then? Yeah. What, what, yeah. What's so, allowed and what's not allowed? Exactly. So my, my, now I understand, but at the time I didn't know what I was at. What I decided was I had um, a studio at the bottom of Newton Arge Road. I'd bluffed my way into somewhere giving me free space and for an exhibition. That's another story. And I decided I would went to the, well, I did it over about three years. I went to the news agents on Newton Arge Road and then I went to the news agents in the Short Strand and I bought all the newspapers. I started on the 29th of October because it was my birthday. I bought all the newspapers of that day. I didn't buy any newspapers at any other time. And I didn't watch, I don't have a TV, so I didn't kind of look at anything. And I would, depending on what else was going on, I would go through all the papers and randomly select things out of it. And then I would I'd make up a big etching plate of something. If my head was in East Belfast, it would be like something related to around the studio. If my head was in Strangford, Port of Ferry, where I'm originally from, it would kind of be an image of there. Or sometimes 
Strangrove was in my head, but I was in Belfast, so it would be that. And then I would make a series of etchings with from that print using fragments of the news from what I'd picked up from that particular day. So maybe a series of I think the first lot was by eight and the first ones I did I did them and then I just started to laugh because they were just so mental. It was just like a mental it's just like a mental mashup. The place the place where I had the studio part of the deal was I was going to give him some artwork. So I showed him once the prints finally dried, I brought them out and I showed them and I just started laughing. <laughs> and he said, and I said, what do you think? <laughs> I said, I don't think I could put any of them up. <laughs> I know, isn't that hysterical? <laughs> I said, what do you feel when you look at this? And he kind of looked because there was a view outside of the building. But it was like a whole mashup of all the news and everything. And you're right, you're right on the interface. So he's like, I can't use this. I can't, I can't put these up. He says, I says, what do you think when you look at that? He goes, well, that one's really unionist and that one's really nationalist. And that one, I mean, it was the same image, but all the paper was like all mashed up. So you felt differently depending on your own circumstances when you looked at the paper, did that trigger, you know, how, what did that trigger in you? Depend, and it took me a while to figure that out. And then it was like, I can't put anything up. Maybe the next lot will be different. This will be all right. That's similar to one of the, the issues we had with Goose Lane Gallery whenever we were selecting work because yeah. it was a public space and we had the barbers at the front and Eddie owning the building. We had to be careful that we didn't put anything nudging towards any extreme. Yeah, and, and, and there's a there's a whole issue around that because it was like, wow, isn't this amazing, right? I'm making art out of all of the stuff that comes through our media on a daily and a weekly basis. So I'm allowed to digest it by opening the paper and all the people who do that. I am not allowed to put it on the wall and make art out of it because that breaks our laws around uh, emblems and symbols and stuff at work isn't that really interesting and how like messed up we are so I, I i basically did that for two and a half years two and a half three years at the the last kind of year of it because i'm insane i started actually printing the paper <laughs> i started doing like um these were all etchings and chinclé or whatever and then i started doing photo intaglio and actually printing it on like Japanese paper so that it, and it, so it kind of gives it a different feeling. So I started printing that. It was, I was just, it was like a mental printmaker's challenge, you know. And then I eventually I showed it in the engine room, but it took me, engine room gallery, but I mean, it took me five years to get the opportunity to show it in the engine room gallery, you know. At least, at least it got, it got a trap out. Grown up. Going to have to start wrapping her up here. Just like to thank you for coming in. You're welcome. Can I say that what I, I, I realised that just since, because now I'm, I'm actually writing in the Anderson's Town News, which is one of the papers I used to get going through this process and there's never in a million years did I think when I first bought that paper for these, for this artistic process that I would end up being one of the people writing in it. 
I'm making up the words that we're maybe going into something. I thought, well, that, that's actually another part of the art process. It's like another result. Weird. Once you've got your creativity, you can just apply it to whatever you want. Just keep going at it. Thank you very much, Bruno, for coming along and sharing all of that with us. It's very, very interesting. I can't wait to read your book and to see your photo book. Oh, so very nice to talk to you. Here. Thanks for the chat. Love you. Love you too. Big hugs. Bye.